Hello, and welcome to PW Kids Cast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm John Sellers, the children's reviews editor at Publishers Weekly. Today, I'm speaking with author Andrea Beatty, whose books for children include the novels Dorko the Magnificent, Attack of the Fluffy Bunnies, and Secrets of the Cicada Summer, as well as several picture books, including Happy Birthday, Madame Chapeau, Hush Baby Ghostling, and Dr. Ted. Today, though, we'll be talking about the series of books that began with 2007's Iggy Peck Architect, about a second grader with a real knack for designing buildings and other structures. That book was followed by picture books about two of Iggy's classmates, Rosie Revere Engineer and Ada Twist Scientist, as well as two activity books, all of which are illustrated by David Roberts. The most recent activity book, Iggy Peck's Big Project Book for Amazing Architects, has just been published by Abrams Books for Young Readers, which is sponsoring this podcast. Uh, Andrea, thanks for speaking with me. You may I'm glad to be here. So it's hard to believe that it, it's been 10 years since uh, Iggy Peck Architect uh, was first published. And now I think there's maybe a million copies of uh, the books in the series in print. Um, did you have any, any inkling at that time, you know, going back 10 years, of how the, the series was going to grow? No, I had no idea. When I wrote Iggy Peck, and I wrote it based on my son, who was a this... Uh, just crazy pants builder. Anytime he got a chance to build something, he would from whatever was near him. Uh, so the book was really near and dear to my heart. But I think maybe because of that, I really didn't imagine that it would have as much resonance with other people. I thought no one could love this book as much as me. And it, it, so I figured it would just sort of come out and just evaporate as books tend to do. You get, you know, when you when you have a new book, you think that the world's going to stop and everyone's going to go, oh, what happened? Oh, Andrea has a new book. Yay. Uh, and it's not. It's usually just definitely, you know, crickets. But this book had some sort of resonance where it just started off quietly and it just grew a little by little by little and never really stopped doing that in 10 years. So, uh, I am blown away by that, by the resonance it's had and um, the passion that people have about Iggy. And so much, I think, of that really began with uh, independent booksellers and also museums and um, educators started getting a hold of the book. So it absolutely blows me away that 10 years have passed and now these books are just, you know, really, really uh, connecting with people in a way that makes me feel overwhelmed, humbled and grateful. And what do you attribute some of the res the response to the books to? Do you think it was a, a right place, right time kind of situation with these stories? I do think there was some of that, absolutely. I think uh, that especially was true with Rosie. Uh, so Rosie came out, I believe, four years ago. And at the time, there were not very many books at all that had to do with STEM that, you know, were fiction picture books. Um, so ones that had to do with STEM and ones that had to do... Uh, with girls in STEM, even though the book doesn't make a big deal about Rosie being a girl. But that did coincide with this big push that is much needed to, to help girls get into STEM and to, to find ways to increase the number of women we have in, in engineering and science and technology fields. Um, but I think it's more than that because um, there are a lot of books now, thankfully, for that. But I think ultimately the reason these books have succeeded in, in connecting to kids in a personal way is because I really didn't set out to write books that were about engineering or architecture or science. Um, I really look at these books as stories about character traits. So for instance, Iggy is all about passion. Iggy's passion happens to be architecture, 
but it's all about a kid who is just completely consumed with wanting to do this thing they love. And then Rosie is really about perseverance and um, about having to sort of learn to overcome self-doubt. And Rosie is, or Ada is about curiosity. And I think all those, all of those kind of characteristics, every kid has those, or every kid will experience moments of, of self-doubt. And so they, I think they can make a connection to Rosie. And then in doing that, that brings them to the topic of the book, which was the engineering. So a kid may not see themselves as an engineer or ever think about themselves as an engineer, but they can identify with this kid, this character who's having a struggle. And maybe then part of that helps them say, well, maybe I could also be an engineer. And so that actually is something that I've taken now into these activity books. Uh, so as you said, Iggy Pack Architects, uh, project book is just coming out. And then in the spring, they'll have one for Ada Twist, which we're finishing up right now. And the idea behind these books is not to be uh, like a primer for how to become a scientist, but to help kids look at sort of the character traits that are often found with scientists or architects or engineers and the ways that those kind of folks look at the world and process things. So a kid might look at, at the material that's in the Ada Twist book or in any of these and say, oh, an architect um, is curious. Well, I'm curious. I don't know. Maybe I could be an architect. You know, an, an architect or an, or an engineer looks at things a different way. And then there are activities that challenge the kids to look different, differently at things that they've already, you know, that are around them. And then the kids might say, well, oh, I can do that. Well, maybe I could be an engineer. Maybe I am an engineer. And sort of to challenge the what what it means to be these things. You know, you can be an architect, an engineer, a scientist. You're you're still just a human being with these these you know capabilities of processing information and looking at the world. Um, and those things are are very accessible to kids. So that's what I that's the idea behind the structure with these books. And it's interesting with you mentioned sort of the. Um... I guess problem-solving aspects with with the activity books in particular, there are certain projects for kids to complete. But there's also a lot of you know other sort of material, and, and frankly, a lot of like open space for you know you sort of give them challenges, problems to solve. But it seems like the sky is the limit as far as the way that kids can look at and approach these problems. It is, and I so I think brainstorming is probably the thing that fills most of these books. Um, kids are amazing, and they are up to challenges, and they have such imagination. And they haven't yet had that all you know, beaten out of them so that they don't think they can address issues. Um, and particularly one of the things that we try to do in all these books is to include some real world problems. You know, like how can you design maybe a tent that somebody who is a refugee might have? They need a housing. They need it fast. It needs to have a source of energy. So maybe solar, maybe wind. Um, help kids put their ideas to this because kids want to help. And kids deserve to be asked to help. You know, these are problems that are in the world that they care about. Um, and so I think by making the quests that they try to, to handle make them real world ones, I think that's that's very empowering and respectful for kids. And then there are also some really goofy things, you know, and in uh, one of them, there's the case where the zookeeper, you know, they're refitting the sloth exhibit and the sloth now has to go live with the giraffes and that's not working out for some obvious reasons <laughs> um, 
the obvious reasons being the sloths are hanging on the giraffes. Nobody likes that. So, you know, there's some, there's a lot of silliness in the books. There's also some poetry. There's just um, it's sort of just a mishmash of fun and I hope also challenging material for kids enough to help them get introduced to these ideas, these topics, uh, and then be able to handle some things right off the bat, but also be challenged to go further down the road and explore things and and grow into the material and, and see where it takes them. And, you know, as, as you mentioned, uh, there was a jump between uh, when Iggy Peck first came out and then when, when Rosie showed up. Um, can you talk about how and when the decision came about to, to sort of expand the series? Was this something your editor approached you about? Is this something you suggested like, hey, I think we could do more of this? How did that, how did that work and how did things grow from there? Well, so Iggy came out, and as I said, it was this sort of slow burn where it was catching on with booksellers and librarians and educators and the mommy bloggers. Um, and so the the editor and the, the folks in marketing and sales at Abrams Books for Young Readers were really interested in having another adventure for Iggy. So I tried and tried and tried, tried to, to write a sequel for Iggy, and I just couldn't do it. I was like, oh, no, what's Iggy going to do? He's going to build a what? Now he's going to build a house. Now he's going to build a whatever. It just seemed that it would be too repetitive. And, I, you know, if I get bored, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. So uh, it, it just interests me too much, and I just couldn't quite pull it together. But almost uh, after that went on for a couple of years, and then one day about, about the same time, my editor, Susan Van Meter at the, at the time, um, she and I kind of hit the same spot thinking, well, what about looking at some of those other kids in the classroom? And boy, bing, that's when the light bulb went off. So I spent a lot of time looking at the illustrations. And it's it's a marvelous thing and a real testament, I think, to just the amazing person that David Roberts is, that he drew the illustrations to Iggy Peck without any illustrator notes. There were no notes in there that said, here, can you please make a marvelous classroom this widely, wildly diverse and just full of amazing, amazing kids. That's just who he is. That's just how he thinks. He had this fantastic classroom. And I go to schools and I will see classrooms that look just like those kids. Uh, so I think it's, it's very representative of lots of places in this country for sure. Um, but I spent a few months literally just looking over those the illustrations over and over and just trying to glean from just the pictures because David is very, um, he's very methodical and nothing is ever left a chance in those books. So the smallest detail is important. He just does not randomly put things in. So I knew that each of those kids would have their own personalities and that if I looked carefully enough and thought about it enough, I might be able to riddle out something about them. And so I noticed that the little girl who ended up being Rosie, that you never saw both of her eyes. She shows up four times, as all the other kids do. You never saw both of her eyes. So she sits there trying to be invisible, trying to be just like, oh, don't call on me. Don't look at me. And I thought, why? What what has happened so that this kid who may be an introvert, but it's almost like there's a little more going on there. What's the story? Um, and so that's that was the genesis of Rosie. And it actually, I got about two thirds of the way through the book and really got stuck. And I was talking with my aunt, um, who had been a Rosie the Riveter. And um, after talking to her, I thought, you know, it, we owe that generation such a debt of gratitude and we can never, ever repay them. They, they gave so much. But I wanted to try to find a way to say thank you. 
So I thought, well, what if I put Rosie the Riveter in here? And as soon as the great Aunt Rose character came into the book, then it it just all fell into place and, and really snapped. So so that has now become the process of creating these stories is that, you know, I'll write the story, then David will come back with even more amazing illustrations. And so I have this ever-growing pool of of pictures of these kids where little bits of their personality are sort of revealed. And um, and so from that, I can try to glean who's next and what are they what are they really interested in? And so Ada Twist happened because if you look back into the illustrations in Iggy Peck, there's a scene where they're building this bridge and everybody's got their shoestrings out and they're all doing some job. But the little girl in the red and white dress is standing off to the side, just tapping her chin, thinking. And I thought, that kid, that kid is just curious. She's a scientist. And so it sort of grew organically out of out of that her personality. And, and I think I think that resonates with kids because I try very hard not to be didactic and hokey or any of those kind of things. I may be, I mean, the reader gets to judge, but, um, but I think that because I'm not writing about all scientists or all, you know, architects or whatever, or all kids who look like this or who look like that, but I'm writing about one specific child and that child becomes very real to me. And so I think that that connects with a kid because that's when writing, in my opinion, becomes very universal is when you can find the truth about a character because there's something true about that that's in all of us. So at least that's that's my hopes that that's how it's worked out. But it's fun adventure. It's like going on a a treasure hunt. Oh, that's such a great backstory. I, I I wondered if you know the sequels maybe involved taking a peek at the kids in the original, and it's uh, great that you had such a you know a big classroom of kids to pull from. And obviously, David Roberts's artwork is a huge part of these books. Um, has your working relationship uh, evolved at all? You know, over the years that you've been working on these books, it has, and it's just marvelous. So so when you write a picture book, uh, as I said, you know, I did not include any notes that said this should look like this or this should look like that, nor should I, in my opinion, when you write a picture book. To me, the only things that are fair game are notes about jokes that may not be obvious, um, but things that that play off the spot between words and the pictures, um, or sometimes plot points where the picture books are a really unique art form because you have these two really powerful forces you have the words and you have the art and it's where they connect that the magic really happens so i never ever put comments in unless it's in those spaces where i think it's important and maybe wouldn't be obvious to the illustrator so david basically returned all that art without any input from me and we never actually had any interaction until oh wow iggy had been out i was he was working on rosie actually working on the text of Rosie. So that was a few years down the road and I got to meet him. Um, and we spent just a day sitting over some French fries and just talking and talking. And he's mar- he's marvelous. I absolutely adore David. Uh, and so now we have kind of had this relationship going for a long time and we can kind of sense what the other person is kind of going to go for in the text or in the the illustrations and sometimes I'll change my text if he comes up with an idea in the illustrations. So it's, it's a sort of marvelous circular sort of friendship and, and collaboration. It's really delightful. 
And you know, the idea to do these uh, activity-themed spinoffs it just works so well for this for this particular series. Um, um, can you who came up with that idea? And I'm curious about how you approached those books, since since I imagine you know it was working kind of different muscles as a writer. You know, starting with the fact that they're not written in rhyme, I guess. Uh, that's true. Well, actually, they kind of did begin as rhyme. I had the idea to write um, a book of poetry about engineering. Sort of like Rosie Revere's book of poems, and started down the, the pike and uh, was having great fun with them. But kind of like, I don't know. I, I think I was more enthused about it than other people. And um, but it did kind of just morph, and I can't even remember now. But I thought, wouldn't it be nice to have some activities and things that let kids really sort of get their hands dirty and get in there and and really try their engineering, you know, chops and and architecture and. Um, I, I've always been a fan of activity books. I just think they're fun. And I think they're just, they, they have potential to really um, get kids interested. But also I wanted these to be, um, I wanted them to be smart in the sense that they don't dumb things down. There's stuff in there that kids are not going to have a clue about, but they'll maybe grow into it. So they just, they just sort of evolved. And it was certainly in a collaboration with the editor and also the art department, the art director at Abrams, which has done just an amazing job on all of the books. Um, they're just amazing. Chad Beckerman is the art director there, and um, all of the books have just been astounding, and they brought that to these these workbooks as well, these project books. So what's next for this series? You know, as I mentioned, there there is, um, you know, a big classroom full of kids there uh, who, who might have stories. Are, are there any, I know you mentioned there's a, a new activity book coming next year, but are you mulling over ideas for future picture books or anything else along those lines that you might be able to talk about? Yes, 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 yes. Um, so in the spring, there will be the Ada Twist project book, and I'm not sure what the title is yet. Um, and there is another book, picture book on the way. I can't tell you who it's about, um, but that character will also have project books. And then there is another thing in the works that I can't tell you about, but it's going to be awesome. <laughs> That's so mean. It's vague but tantalizing, <laughs> so <laughs> we'll take that. Um, and are, are there any other projects, you know, outside of this series? You know, you've done novels in the past. Do you, do you ever think about going back to uh, something uh, a bit longer form at, at some point? Uh, I do, yes. There is actually a novel that's in my head that's been there for a long time, actually quite a few, but one that's just sort of starting to get a little cranky. So uh, that's a thing that happens, for instance, with Dorco the Magnificent. That was a book that many years ago, gosh, probably 12, 15 years ago, I, I had written my first attempt at writing anything for kids. And it, it stunk on ice. I will tell you, it was pretty horrifying. Um, but out of the 150 pages I wrote, there was one really good page. <laughs> and it was in that page that we met Grandma Melvin, this character. And so I wrote this awful stinky book, tossed it in a drawer to never be opened. It's actually been sealed now and no one can go near it. Um, but that character just stayed in my mind and just nagged at me and nagged and nagged until I finally sat down and wrote that book. And I have a, I have a cat character that's uh, in my head that needs to get out before one of us gets a little bit cranky. <laughs> So, yes, hopefully. Time. It's always time that's the question, though, isn't it? <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, I guess for one final question, you know, again, given that these books have been out there for so long, so long, have there been over the years any particular reactions, messages you've gotten, or other developments or things that have really just stood out and kind of um, 
stood out, stood out to you um, in response to the series? You know, there have been so many. And um, I think that was the thing. I had early on a few with Iggy, but really when Rosie came out, I started getting so many emails from parents who would say, thank you. You know, my daughter uh, would always get so upset whenever something wouldn't go well. And now she just goes, oh, well, you never really fail until you quit. Okay, we can do it. Or kids that go and they get in the recycling and the parents are always kind of loving slash hating that, but they're also kind of glad about it. Uh, and just making things. And uh, to me, the real delight is every, you know, National Book Day or, you know, there's different sort of holidays that celebrate literacy around the world. And now people are dressing up, kids are dressing up like Rosie and Iggy or Ada. And just the love they have for these characters is just, it's humbling and it's just so exciting. Excellent. Well, you know, congratulations again on the books and uh, thanks again for speaking with me. Thank you so much. Greatly appreciate it. Once again, I've been speaking with Andrea Beatty, whose books about Iggy Peck, Rosie Revere, and Ada Twist are available now from Abrams. Thank you for listening to PW KidsCast. Cast.